welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Everybody, welcome to the last live podcast of 2019. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by Optima, a net health company. Optima Therapy for Outpatient is a software solution enabling therapists and staff to do their jobs efficiently and accurately. Their software provides anytime, anywhere access to documentation, even while disconnected, which is huge, and workflows that streamline patient care and save valuable time. You can check out Optima's new on-demand video to learn what's in store for outpatient therapy practices in 2020 with some of the biggest industry trends, along with tips and best practices to successfully navigate these changes. Learn about these trends for the new year at go.optimahcs.com slash healthywealthy2020. And we will, of course, have a link to this in the show notes under today's episode. And I also want to thank NetHealth not only for today, but for being such an amazing sponsor to this podcast. We couldn't do what we do every week without their help. So a huge thanks to NetHealth. So definitely check them out. And notice I said we... And that's because, of course, I cannot do this podcast alone by any means. And today, I am so excited to have the powerhouse team behind this podcast for amazing physical therapy entrepreneurs, for strong, amazing women who help bring this podcast to life every single week. So in this episode, I'm happy to have on doctors, so they're all doctors, Julie Sias, Jenna Cantor. Shannon Sepulveda and Lex Lancaster. And what we did was I uh, had a conversation with Jenna and Julie. You'll hear that in the first half of the podcast and then in the second half of the podcast with Lex and Shannon. And we talked about what our sort of our year in review, what 2019 did for us as people and as women and as entrepreneurs and physical therapists. And one theme that came across was that we're all doing things that make us happy. And that in 2020, we want to continue that and we want to sort of construct the life that we want to see us leading. So that's in our personal lives and also in our life as physical therapists. So the amazing thing is, is Lex, Jenna, and Julie are new grad physical therapists. Jenna and Julie have started their own practices. Lex has her own business uh, outside of physical therapy, helping people with websites and graphics. Shannon is has an amazing practice in Bozeman, Montana. She has started her practice about two years ago. It has grown exponentially. So she talks about how she did that, and it's amazing. We talk about what I have coming up in 2020, including an online course to help all those physical therapists or occupational therapists out there who want to start their own practice in a way that feels good to them, in a way that's going to make them happy, bring them joy. And also the most important thing as physical therapists is our job is to get people better. And in our conversations in this podcast, we talk about how what we do as individuals not only affects us, 
but it's exponential. It affects everyone around us, our communities, our friends, our families, and of course, the patients that we serve. And we're so grateful to that. And of course, as the host of the podcast and creator of the podcast, I just want to thank all of these women because without them, I wouldn't be able to do this. There's no way I can do this on my own. Like one of my guests said, uh, Stephanie Nikolic, and we mentioned this in the podcast is if you try and do it all, it'll keep you small. And when I was trying to do it all with this podcast, it was keeping me small. I wasn't able to, uh, upcycle this as much as I have with the help of these four women. So I just want to tell all of them, and I say it in the pockets as well, is that I appreciate them. I think they're amazing, and I wouldn't be able to do what I do without them. And I just want them to know that my gratitude for this past year of 2020 is so immense and that looking forward or for 2019 is so immense and looking forward into 2020, I'm so excited to see what we all come up with. So I hope you guys uh, really take in this episode because I think it's really special. And of course, to the audience, thank you so much for another great year of listening and interacting with the podcast and being able to meet so many listeners all over the world has been a real joy to me in this past year. So everyone, thank you so much. Have a very, very, happy new year and we'll be back with brand new episodes in 2020. Hey, Jenna and Julie, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast since you've both been on several times. Reason being is because we all work together on the podcast to make it what it is. So welcome, welcome. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having us on again. Of course. So we're wrapping things up for 2019, and I thought, well, what better way to do that than with the people who make it, who make this podcast happen every year, and that who I'm eternally grateful for and appreciate so much for all of your hard work and and your your dedication and your fun and your being you. So uh, thank you guys for for everything that you do, and now let's talk about. 2019, right? So we have January 2019 to now. So a lot of things have happened within that year. So Jenna, we'll start with you. What are some highlights for you uh, that's happened over the past year that you can kind of share with all the listeners? Why, hello, listeners. Uh, good, good evening and sun salutations. Um, for me, I started my own practice literally on January 1st, and we were driving back, and I got my first patient that day. So literally, my practice started this year. That was a big one for me. I also very quickly left all my PRN, for those who don't know, that's working as needed, like a substitute teacher at a bunch of mills, and I, I very quickly left all of them. And I have been working for myself, and it was the best decision I ever made. I have that musical theater background, which I'm sure listeners are quite familiar with, but if you don't know, now you know. And I was really not meant as a physical therapist to be sitting in one spot from nine to five. I really am not built that way. And I love that I can make my own schedule, my own life, and not feel like I'm really stuck in a location. It's a very, very big deal for me. That was something I was very concerned about as a performer. So I'm grateful to have made that move for myself. Awesome. And Julie, how about you? So what's happened from January till now? So 
having been kind of mentored by Karen for the past three years, it was nice because I also actually started my own practice and Karen was helping me along the way and everything. And January 1st, yes, had my first patient and everything. And it's been going really well because I I haven't left my PRN jobs, but I do manage my concierge outpatient practice. And then I also see kiddos as like a consultation kind of gig. And then I work at a skilled nursing facility, PRN right now, to supplement all that. But it's been a really exciting year because I finally have had a lot of control over all of my hours. And it's just been, it's been nice being out of school as a new grad. Yeah. And, and Julie, what, when, when did you graduate? What was your graduation date? So I graduated in the summer last year and then I took the licensing exam in November. Right. Cause you had to wait that extra long time to take that, to take your licensing exam. Yeah. So that was when I was just like a licensed applicant in California and I was working at the skilled nursing facility that I did a clinical rotation at. And then after I finally got my license, I was able to do all the paperwork to get a corporation and everything. Right, right. And Jenna, when did you graduate? That is so cool, Julie. I graduated in May 2018, took my boards in August, and then had a baby. No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I felt like a, it was the rule of threes and I didn't have a three so I made up one <laughs> that's so funny um can you imagine now people probably be like oh my god if they get like just a little clip like and I had a baby people be like what that's Jenna's one-liner for the episode we should make a graphic yeah I had a baby Jenna <laughs> exactly Exactly. I mean, I think it's so great that the two of you were able to have a a good idea of what you wanted to do and then were able to execute on that and take action on that because it's certainly not an easy thing to do, especially when you've just graduated and you're trying to, you know, sort of make your mark and kind of find your way. So to be able to know that before you even graduated, I think is is amazing. And do you have any advice? Let's say there are some new grads listening or some students who are getting ready to graduate on what they can do to get some clarity around maybe where they would want to start their career at. And I'll have either one of you can jump in. Julie, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I'm ready to rock. So (laughs) it was good to have accountability from you, Karen because I kept telling you every year that I was gonna do this. So then when it finally came to the time, I couldn't really back down. Partners partners are great. Yeah, so that was good, because then I had told everybody, so if I ended up backing down, that wasn't really gonna look very good. And then I was also really clear with how I wanted my life to be. And going this route is definitely more of like a, it's tough. Like it's, it was, it's been tough kind of cause it's feast or famine sometimes. And that's kind of like the ugly side of being an entrepreneur, but I have to like pause and just be grateful when I think about like my day and I just go, you know what, this is actually my ideal day. 
I got to go for a walk in the morning. I saw two patients. Maybe it's not like where I want to be for like a full-time job eventually, but I just have to like take a second and just be grateful. So it's good to have a clear vision about what you want your days to look like. And then just know that when you put in the hard work, eventually it will pay off. Yes. Amen. This is Jenna. I could not agree with you more. I, I think that is such a good point um, with any new practice owner is to stop and essentially smell the roses because it's easy to be, oh my God, this is where I'm at. Oh my gosh. I'm, you know, living sometimes paycheck by paycheck. And, and yes, you're not going to be rolling in the dough right away. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes persistence, all that stuff. But um, exactly what you said, I think is a great way to approach it. I think a big thing, well, there's a lot of big things. There's so many big things when you graduate and you're trying to find a job, but there really is from what I have seen, I know there's always an exception to the rule. There's really no help with the idea of graduating and getting a job from your school. They are focusing on teaching you what you need to know. You got to pass those boards, boom, bada, bing, peace. So if you're not going to continue and try to teach at the school that you were just at, you're not going to really get that guidance. The big thing now, unfortunately, is most of the jobs are at mills. They're at places where people don't want to work for a long period of time. That's why they're always hiring. It just is what it is. And you could have this idea similar to me where you want to work with performing artists or say you want to work with tennis players, say you want to work with geriatric patients only, but not by the hair of the chinny chin, Medicare chin. You know, say you have a, a different vision on how you want to treat your patients. It's, not easy to fully see that through when you graduate because you see this number of what you owe. So you're in this like fantasy world, you're in school, you're learning, you're like, oh, but yes, that's going to what I'm going to do. You graduate, you see your debt, that number, and that number changes everything for everyone. You finish, you're like, I need to get a job now. And it's just, ah, and then you start work, and then I've heard from some people, because I've spoken to a lot of new grads since then, um, coming to me, and I've only been out for a year and four months, you know, since taking the boards, and coming to me, just so fearful of, what if I quit? And that makes me look like a bad physical therapist. I always say the same thing. I don't care if it's your fourth, your fifth, your 10th job that you're quitting. This is your life. None of us are living your life. So you got to make sure you are happy every time you may get promises that, that they may not keep and you need to keep track of that. So you're not putting it on yourself when you're not enjoying the job and you feel like you need to suck it up. You're not supposed to suck up life. You're supposed to enjoy life. You can find that working for someone. You might be happy working at a mill. I'm not saying you would be, you wouldn't be, but most people aren't, unfortunately. So you're going to go through a journey, most likely, unfortunately, as a new grad, of really having a hard time finding that fully right place for you to work long term. And is there, like, I usually tell people to kind of, uh, when you're trying to figure out, well, what do I want to do? Or where might I fit? I usually have people do a couple of different exercises. And I mentioned this on the podcast before, but one is like, just make three columns. I'm a big column person, right? So you make three columns and the first, just put like what you love to do. And the second column is what you're good at. Cause they could be two different things. Just cause you love to do something doesn't mean you're good at it. Like mm-hmm. I love to do graphics. Doesn't mean I'm good at it. 
but I love to do it, but I'm not, not good at it. Um, and then the third is what will someone pay you for? So if you can kind of find a through line there, I think it helps you to sort of drill into maybe what, what are your goods? What are your strengths? What, what are you, what would, what are you good at? What do you love? What will someone pay you for? So I always say like, I'm really good at crocheting. I really love crocheting, but no one's going to pay me for it. So it's a hobby. See the difference, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you're, you're excluding your hobbies as being your full-time job. But you know, for me, I some examples of what I'm good. Like I, I'm, I love curiosity. I love asking questions. I love, um, you know, networking and being with people and meeting new people. Those are things I really love. And those are also things that I'm good at. And so I was able to parlay that into a podcast and then parlay that into through the podcast and through networking to into public speaking and into, um, you know, being asked to different conferences and stuff like that. So just know that not everything has to come from one singular job. You know, like, and I think we can all say that here because we've all got a couple of different things in the fire. Stokes in the fire. Is that how you say it? I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know. At any rate, I would say to new grads is to certainly find the job that's going to put food on your table and feed your family and feed yourself and feed your pets and feed your kids and feed whoever else is depending on you. But don't discount that this one thing is the only thing you're allowed to do. You're allowed to do a whole bunch of other stuff. But you just This is Jenna. I I disagree. I only do one thing. Yeah. I don't have my hands in multiple things. I yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. But <laughs> like you just have to give yourself that permission to do that and then you never know where that's going to lead you. Cuz if yeah. I only stuck just to patient care, well, I wouldn't have this podcast and I wouldn't be going all over the world speaking and I wouldn't be asked to coordinate social media for conferences around the world. I mean, it just wouldn't be a thing. But instead, I just decided to do what I love and do it well and and get paid for it. It's awesome. I actually have like a counter to that and that sometimes it's also good not to do what you love as a job because it can be something that is your your, your me time sort of thing. True. True. So that's like another counter too that I was thinking about that maybe if you monetize something, it takes away the fun from it. And then it becomes something where like, I have to do this to make money sure. versus I get to do this because <clears throat> I want to do it. Right. And I think when you reach that point, yeah, I agree. Cut the cord if you don't like you're it. Done. For me with performing, I did that. I was performing professionally for, for many years in musical theater. And I started to, I got into an eating disorder and I had to take a back step because it felt like a nine to five job going to these different States. And I started doing community theater again to refine my love in which I did. And then I started working professionally again. So it really was just, I was, I realized I was just working at the wrong places. Not that they were bad places, Mm -hmm. just not right for me. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with it. It's just a sign to cut the cord and move yeah, on. When, I think when you, like Julie said, when you get to that point where 
boy, I loved doing this thing, but now it feels like a chore. I think you have to really do some self-reflection and, and kind of see like, boy, this is, this is not, maybe, maybe I made a misstep here. So I need to take a step back and re-examine what I'm doing and let it go. Let it go. Or you can see, are there ways that I can make it even better if I give up some of the control? Mm, nice. Right? So I felt what Julie just said is what I felt about the podcast a couple of years ago, this very podcast. I was like, oh man, I have to do another podcast. Wow. Boo-hoo. But then, um, and I was like pissed about it because I was like, oh, but I have to do this and this and this and oh, and I have to make time for this. And I thought, all right, let me take a step back and kind of re-examine what I'm doing here because there's got to be a way that I can make this better and that I can make it bigger. And the thing for me was asking for help. So once yeah, I, we are very happy about that decision. So once I asked and I for like help. that decision. Yeah. <laughs> so once I asked for help and let the control go, now all of a sudden it's you know more enjoyable and and it's something that you know I continue to be very proud of, but that I'm not like, oh no, not again. Yeah. Another yeah. went by. Damn you, podcast. You know. So it's it's instead of. Um, cutting the cord, I just tried, I took a step back and tried to look at ways that I can improve upon it. And the improvement came with bringing people on board. Yeah. So that's, you know, another, yeah. I think all very valid kind of ways to look at things. Yeah. Another way to look at it too, is that when you were under a lot of pressure, that allowed you to kind of be more creative too, to look for solutions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you go in directions that you wouldn't have thought you were going to go just because you were under that pressure and boom, that's where sometimes magic happens too. That's right. Yeah. I think what would, Ryan Estes, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, what did he say? Like um, when you're comfortable, it breeds laziness or something like that. I'm really butchering his state. <laughs> but it was Which is what, what it means to be comfortable. Like it's just so Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, boy, I am really butchered that one up pretty well. <laughs> um, but I remember when he said that, I was like, yes, that's so true. And yeah, it was something to the effect of like, if he was looking at it from the point of view of an entrepreneur that when you get to the level where, you know, you're consistently making money and you're consistently successful and then does that then breed complacency and does that take away your creativity a little bit? Yeah, that's not really the magic zone for growing. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's when you need some outside eyes. I guess. Yes, yeah. Right? To kind of take a look and see, and like Steve Anderson said last week, uh, that what is the role of a coach? And he said to give you those external eyes and ears that opens you up to things that you're just not seeing. And we all, that's for everyone, you know? Yeah, I actually have a perfect example of this. And it was when I was just graduated and I was a licensed applicant and I had gone to all of my clinicals and asked for a job because I needed to make money while I was studying for the boards and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And so I ended up calling Karen up and I was just like, you know, this one job offer I got, sure, like I'll have guaranteed money and guaranteed hours and stuff, but I just, it's not sitting with me well. I didn't really enjoy that experience as much as I could have. And then you were just like, oh, well, maybe that's not the right fit for you. And then I got really creative and asked for a referral for another clinic and ended up getting a job that better suited me at that time. So it was kind of nice having you there because I was in the trenches like, oh, I need to make money right now. And you were just like, no, just take a step back. And then I had all these other opportunities present themselves. Right, right. And Jenna, that's kind of what you were saying, right? In what sense? With the PRN? Well, in just that, um, when you graduate, like you said, all you're seeing is like, I've got debt. I need to make money. So you just take what you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, it was great she had you as that sounding board. Absolutely. And so, you know, we don't always want to take just what we can, but, you know, we want, in an ideal world, we want to take what fits from all perspectives, what fits for the employer, what fits for you as a potential employee, what fits for you, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or, you know, a part-time entrepreneur, full-time, whatever. But I think as a healthcare provider, if you find that job that fits, it just allows you to help more people. Yeah. Right. And in the end, we're in the business of making people better. Yeah. And if you're not in the job that allows you to do that, or you're not in the headspace that allows you to do that, then the people who ultimately suffer are not you. I mean, you do a little bit, but it's, it's the people that we're out there to help. We're, we're there to help people. That's what our job title is. And so if you can't, if you're not in a good headspace to do that or in a good physical space to do that, then I think it becomes very difficult. And yeah. like Julie really said, well, I had a great day. I was able to do the things I want to do that keep me sane so that when you show up for your patients, your clients, you're showing up fully for them. True. That's very true. You know, that's yeah. where... I, I don't know. That's where I think the PT profession can excel. Oh, for sure. When I was filling in for PRN work, um, I would come in energized, mm-hmm. positive. I would walk in and go, let's do some physical therapy, everyone. We're going to heal. And like people loved me, or at least I believe they did. And <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, um, and uh, yeah, I, it, uh, I had, I had but the patients, even though I was a substitute teacher, which is how I introduced myself, um, that like, like I really bonded with these people, you know, and, um, I had that energy, but, oh yeah, if I had one full day or, oh my gosh, forget it, two or three, oh, I think I maybe have that once, oh my God, full days in a row, I would need days to recover, mm-hmm. days to recover. Like I was like, I was gone. I was gone. I was like still sleeping, like just feeling so tired throughout the day. And this, and, and it really made it so apparent to me that everyone else is doing this six days a week, maybe five, you know, I don't know, depending on your schedule, but I was just, Oh my God, that I can't, you know, hence here we are private practice owners on this call. Yeah. Exactly. Now, let's talk about what's in store for 2020. New decade, new year. Ah, 
It's my birthday. I'm turning 40 years old. That means I'm going to be so mature. <laughs> yeah. What day is your birthday? February 16th. Um, I like flowers, seeds, candies, and cats and Disney. For anyone who wants to, randomly give me a present. <laughs> and a well, yeah, we're getting a dog, but like I'm more of a cat person. So <laughs> cats, but it has to be cute cats because there are those presents. But 2020 is going to be awesome. I I'm sorry. I just jumped in, but I'm theater. We theater people love talking about themselves being the center of attention. It's great. So I, me, moi, <laughs> I am so excited about fairytale physical therapy that's uh, the, for those who don't know, very tough physical therapy is where we bring musical theater shows to children in hospitals and teach choreography that's secretly composed of therapeutic exercises. We, this all, this whole past year, we've been working on paperwork back and forth with the, with the lawyers to get it done right. And we're like almost there. Every time I'm uh, like, people ask, like, we're, like, we're almost there right now. We're trying to get the right uh, legal name because it's not as simple as you would think. So we're trying to figure out that legal name where I, they're not straying too far from what we are. And so that's going to be exciting. And then for me, I'm, I am doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one beta tests with performers uh, as for one course, an online course for performers to essentially um, those are going to be mini courses. Like say you have, um, hip tendonitis. All right. No, mm, the majority of non-union musical theater performers do not have health insurance. And if they do, they have extremely high deductibles. So they usually just don't get help. So this is creating a wellness program um, that will be on that um, boundary of like, oh my God, you're doing like physical therapy type stuff. But yo, dude, it's about the patient. So I'm creating this for them, the people who don't have that access. They don't have the money. They don't have all that, um, where it's a program. And right now I'm just testing it on people because it's physical therapy. You have to test on people to see if it works, if they stick with it. And so that's really cool. So I'm literally doing it. I'm doing three different types of injuries, right? No, five five injuries right now um, and taking different people. They're essentially like patients where I'm talking to them every week and like upping the game and figuring out symptoms. So that's great. Move that over. Now I'm also do, starting next week, um, just welcoming in the new year, one-on-one -on -one, uh, work with physical therapists who want to work with dancers and figuring out what they want to know to make them the confident, accessible, and go-to dance PT in their area. So I am working with now five, it was originally three, 15 minutes ago became five, um, working with five and, um, and figuring out what they learned and basically giving, creating a course from this. Um, so I'm very excited about these two things because it's where I want my energy to go. I love doing, like we were saying, find what you like doing. I like doing the creation and online stuff. Um, and I've just encountered so many people with limited access to performing arts physical therapists um, who specifically know that. And if, if they do know that, they're hard, they can't, they don't have the insurance. You know, there's a lot, a lot of people in this world who don't get it. So I'm very excited to be bringing that help to performers at large, whether it be giving that education to physical therapists or providing a program to them directly. So that is exciting. Jenna, I was like, I'm going to bring like some California chill into the conversation. <laughs> yes. 
with the doobie man, totally doobie man. Because when I think about 2020, it's more, <laughs> it's more just like, okay, I got my income streams and they're proportioned a certain way. I want my business to grow more than the other ones and slowly phase those out. So that's like my intention for 2020. But then every other intention has nothing to do with physical therapy. <laughs> I love it. That's good. What is it? Well, I was just what like... you want to share? You I've been just to. spending too much time thinking about physical therapy this year. Too much time. So next year, I'm just thinking about more time with family, more time exploring hobbies and stuff. Maybe then... I'll feel refreshed and have some inspiration to do more online type services and stuff like that. But just going into 2020, I've, I have, I don't want to say low expectations, but just, I don't want to set too many things. Yeah. I just want to see where it goes. Expectations. Instead of, I, I said you have sort of more relaxed expectations. It's not that they're low. I think phasing out your PRN jobs and increasing your income, that's a big expectation. That's a huge job. And it's awesome. So mm -hmm. I think that's a great thing to focus on. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, Karen, you haven't told us about your 2020. Well, yes, Karen. Well, yes, Miss Karen, let's see. Um, <laughs> I am going to do nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just stepping back and I'm going to live the life of Riley for the whole year. Um, no, no, no. I, uh, I am going to continue obviously with my concierge practice because I love it. Um, I would like to take on another independent contractor onto the practice as well. Um, just to, even if it's just one or two patients a week, you know, just something to kind of help, help offset uh, the amount of time I'm spending with patients, which I love, but I, it's, it's a lot. So oftentimes I get cut up working in the business instead of on the business. So that's something that I'd like to kind of get a better balance of. Um, and I am also uh, in the final stages of putting together an online program, which I know I said I was going to do this year, and I didn't because I was too fearful and just was too afraid of like, no one's going to buy it. I'm going to look so stupid. Oh, um, so not true. And but that's, you know, it's yeah. fear that has been holding me back. But I've been, I worked with Adrian Miranda also. Um, so he helped me with some videos and worked with Joe Tata um, to help me come up with a great plan. And I've been have, working with copywriters uh, throughout the year and some uh, business coaches. And so I have a, a program that I was calling Strictly Business Mastermind, but now I think we might change it to the Private Practice Mastermind, but that might be changed because I think someone else has a name that's pretty similar. Oh, you could do PP Mastermind. So you can say PP, like professionally, which would be funny. PP Mastermind. <laughs> oh, boy, I didn't even think of that. Boy. We got to scratch that one now. Yeah. I don't know that Private Practice Mastermind, PPM. 
Mm, <laughs> I may need to rethink this. Um, but uh, it will, we're hoping for like an end of January launch. And it's not just me, there's myself, there's lawyers, there's accountants, there's PR professionals, marketing professionals, um, investment professionals for, you know, investment 101 for entrepreneurs kind of thing. Um, got other successful physical therapists are going to come in. And that's just the, the six-week part of the course. So six modules over three months. But then it's a year-long program. So each month I have new mentors coming into the group to talk about whatever the group is looking for, um, whether that be you know practice succession or tax stuff, student loan stuff, whatever. Um, so we'll have monthly webinars for the whole year. And then the best part is, is I'm doing the Marie Forleo model. So Marie Forleo started uh, B-School, which is an online kind of business school, like abbreviated business school that she started several years ago. And once you purchase it once, that's it. So if we do it again and there are things added to it, you, you're always in the Facebook group. You don't get shut out of the Facebook group after a year. You don't have to pay for upgrades and all that kind of bullshit because I think that's so stupid. So I'm going with the Marie Forleo model. And it seemed to serve her well since she's made millions and millions of dollars and she's just helped so many people. And I think they just know that, like, hey, this is the deal. And once you, so once you buy the program once, you're in it for life, and you'll get the benefits of that for as long as you need or want said benefits. So I love it. I kind of like so that cool. model. I just think it's, I don't know, it just fits my personality a little bit better, you know, so... Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll come up, I'll come up with a name. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll unroll it, uh, hopefully at the end of January. And Karen Litzy's lit program. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Karen Litzy's master class. Cause you could do lit in Litzy's. So that'll be like the fire. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Okay, maybe. Maybe, maybe. I'll take it under advisement. That's and your mascot could be a topless pizza delivery man. That's really hot. Muscular, right. Because I'm from the pizza capital of the world? I don't know. I just, I was, I was, I was thinking lit, that's red, fire color, and I was thinking, what else is fire color? Oh, pepperoni, and then I went to pizza, and that's oh, where we okay. got to the pizza man. Yeah. Well, I thought it was because I'm from the pizza capital of the world, which I guess would make sense. That would be amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Old Forge, Pennsylvania, plug for my hometown, pizza capital of the world. Um, but yeah, so, but that's pretty much. And then um, I also am going to take a vacation. Yes. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Where are you I going? I don't care, but <laughs> I'm going on vacation. I'm doing it. I don't know where I'm going yet. You should go to Hawaii. I love Hawaii. It's so nice. Just warning you, I don't know what it is, but when I have a friend that's gone on vacation, that is when I decide to contact you. So it's not on purpose. It's just, so uh, when I'm contacting you, I'll be like, wait a second. 
she's probably off in Hawaii. She's in Hawaii. She's in Hawaii. So we'll see. I don't know where, but 2020, I am definitely, because I have not had like proper vacation in a long time. So my goal, one of my biggest goals, and this is not PT related, kind of like what Julie said, but is take a vacation. I love that. With Brett. He just doesn't know it yet. (laughs) Surprise! Exciting news. (laughs) Exactly. It would just have to be after June. June is over. Yeah, that is when a lot of the conferences have died down at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that gap. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And he works for a state senator in New York, so he's in session until in Albany. Ah. Ah, ah. You know, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and then the other thing that I uh, am want to do, and Jenna can probably help me with this, is get a little more involved on the legislative side of things. Love that stuff, man. You want it's it's that that uh, be the change you want to see in the world. Quote. Mm-hmm. That's what it really is. Yeah, heck yeah. So, um, that's another thing that I'd like to do, uh, whether it's PT related or not PT related, but just try and push for things that I believe in that should be happening that maybe are not. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think, yeah, I think, I think this has been the best podcast ever. (laughs) Um, I think for all of us, we're overjoyed. Two of us have cats. Julie, where's your pet? She's outside. (laughs) (laughs) Where's that dog? (laughs) (laughs) A dog and two cats walk into a bar. (laughs) Thank you so much for having us on, Karen. Yeah, no, this was great. And I'm just so happy to wrap up the year. And I'm looking forward to lots of great stuff from from everyone and uh, with the podcast and just kind of keep moving forward and trying to innovate and do some fun stuff. So that's the goal. And I thank both of you. So Jenna, Julie, thank you again. Like I said in the beginning, I appreciate you guys so much for all of your hard work and help and, and making the podcast much better than it ever was. So thank you so much. And everyone, uh, we're going to take a little bit, uh, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Optima, a net health company. Optima Therapy for Outpatient is a software solution enabling therapists and staff to do their jobs efficiently and accurately. Their software provides anytime, anywhere access to documentation, even while disconnected, and workflows that streamline patient care and save valuable time. You can check out Optima's new on-demand video to learn what's in store for outpatient therapy practices in 2020 with some of the biggest industry trends, along with tips and best practices to successfully navigate these changes. Learn about these trends for the new year at Go optimahcs.com slash healthy wealthy 2020. Hey, Lex and Shannon, welcome to the podcast for our year end wrap up, our year in review. So thank you so much for coming on and being on the other end of things for Shannon and, and the other end of things for Lex too. So thanks so much. <laughs> thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. So I, inter- I uh, spoke with Jenna and Julie the other day, and now I have you guys here, and 
I'll say the same thing to you guys that I said to them is that I'm so thankful and appreciative of both of you for being part of the podcast and really elevating it to, to the next level this year. Cause I really do feel like without your help and without your contributions that it wouldn't have, it just wouldn't have been what it was. So I just want to thank both of you and know that I appreciate both of you for your work in front and, and, and behind the scenes. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah. Say so thank you. Yeah, and now let's let's talk about 2019 because now is the time of year that everyone looks back on the year. So I'll ask the same question of both of you, and that's where were you at January of 2019 versus kind of where you are now? So Lex, why don't I have you start kind of what what big things happened in your year? What where are you now? Because I think uh, it's way different than where you were in January. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to be honest. I was thinking about it last night. I was, uh, this time last year I was preparing for my last clinical physical therapy school. So I was actually going to New Hampshire. Um, I was going to be in an outpatient clinic for 13 weeks. I was super excited because it was my last one, but I was also getting that full 13 weeks in outpatient clinics. So that was like my, my powerful clinical. I was so super pumped. Um, so I, Finished that, and then I went to graduation, and I actually got engaged on white coat night, so that was really, it was awesome. Kyle did a really good job, um, and then I graduated PT school, which was, it was so awesome. I was so happy, uh, and then the NPTE came around, and that was a different experience altogether. Um, I will say that I underestimated that uh, completely, just the, the preparation for it as a whole, but then I passed, so that was good. That was great. <laughs> um, and then now, so I, I had this j- dream of being a travel PT. So um, this past year, you know, I I decided I was going to explore that. So right after I passed the NPTE, I accepted a contract with my fiance in Alaska. So we moved thirty five hundred miles away from home to an island of twelve hundred people in Alaska. So now we're in Ketchikan where it's it's like the rain capital of the world. So I don't look at rain as like a, let's keep me inside anymore. It's, it's, it's always raining. It's never not raining. Um, and it's pretty dark here. So it's pitch black still (laughs) right now. Um, so we're currently in Alaska in an outpatient clinic and to be honest, it's been a whirlwind transitioning from student to kind of a PT, but you're just studying for your exam to a full-blown PT. It's just been, um, it's been hard just because I didn't expect it. You know, I've done clinicals. I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. It's totally different when you're the person. So I've, I've spent a lot of time in the last 13 weeks, just kind of getting used to that and getting in the groove. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the next year will bring because this year was just really, really awesome. And I'm really excited for, you know, to see what's next. And you also, not to I don't want to leave this out, but you also have uh, an entrepreneurial streak in you. You have a company that you started this year as well. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Don't leave that out. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't. I shouldn't. You're right. So I, yeah, I, I, I guess I initially launched it in like the end of 2018, but this past year has just skyrocketed. I just went from, I mean, 
I guess word of mouth is kind of the way that it really worked out. And I get to work, I'm, I design websites and graphics and I am a virtual assistant. So I get to work with people all over the country and all different professions. Um, so I've, I have so much fun doing that. And I, I started it in PT school as I, I admit, I used to do it when I was bored in class. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it got to the point where that was how I, how I took study breaks. So that was the way I decompressed and I found that that was a big stress reliever for me. So I explored that option and then I was kind of talking to Chante, um, movement maestro, and she was like, you know, you could really do something with this because I approached her at a rock tape course and I was like, hey, do you need an assistant? And that was right after I started working for you, Karen. So like I was feeling pretty good. I was like, this is fun. I love doing this. And um, then I decided to do the whole web design business too and big changes for that coming next year. So yeah, it's been, it's been really, really cool. I've learned a lot about a lot of different people and I get to explore that all all the time and I love it. Yeah. I think that's great. And what, what would you say to a physical therapy student right now who is set to graduate in whether it be, maybe they're graduating now, or maybe it's, um, spring of 2020, given the huge changes that happened in your life over the past year, what would you say to them uh, as they prepare to graduate or maybe they just graduated? Um, A couple things I would say. I would say really explore your mental health. Um, I think that I didn't take that route when, as I was graduating, preparing for the NPTE. And I feel like I truly drained myself to the point where um, if I could go back, I would invest in you know, even a coach just to get me out of like that sympathetic drive, because I feel like my life just kind of, I just devoted all of my time and energy to the NPTE and it really did drain me. And, um, it was just a lot to manage. So I'd say explore your mental health, get that in check and, you know, really be prepared to, to learn a lot and find yourself in, whether you're in your last clinical or just starting your job, you know, take, if you're the smartest person in the room, try not, you know, try not to be that. Like there's always something to learn and it's, it's hard to go back into, to be in the clinic and be by yourself and not have someone to bounce ideas off of that's in your room, like your, your CI. It's hard. And, um, I truthfully would say, get involved in Twitter. I I've found that I've met the most incredible PTs on Twitter and I get so much good advice from them. And I'm able to contact, you know, people of specialties that come into the clinic. And I'm just like, wow, I really could use some opinions on, you know, the vascular aspect. And I'll find somebody on Twitter and they are more than willing to help me. So I would say just reach out if you have any questions about patients because there are so many PTs on Twitter and social media in general that would help you. So I would say just keep your network huge. That's great advice. You know, I, I feel like that's the first time I heard someone say, take care of your mental health. I mean, Shannon, like we've been through the, the, uh, the MPTE or the, the, the boards and, mm-hmm. and on through to, through our career. Have you ever gotten that? I never got that advice to kind of take care of your mental health. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I think it's super important. I mean, one thing, like when I was in, I'm, a runner and an athlete. And so I always made sure that like I worked out every day because that really helped. But I remember like, just wait until you take your specialized board exam because then you don't get your results for three months. (laughs) So it's like, 
three months of like, okay, like, is it June yet? You know? And so you don't even like, and like when I took my women's health board exam, also I was postpartum. So that like added a whole new mental health aspect to it. But, um, I mean, I studied for, you know, probably six months, probably pretty intensely for three months. And then you take the exam and it's very similar to the, the MPT where you're like, I don't know if I pass this because the questions are similar where you're just like, uh, yeah, I don't really know. And then you have to wait three months to know if you passed. <laughs> and so that's really hard. I say a week was it's hard almost- enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What did you say? I'll say a week was really hard. So I give you a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was oh, it's hard. And you walk out and you're like, man, I have never felt like I have completely bombed a test, but I feel like I just bombed that. Mm-hmm. And, and then everyone's like, don't worry, this is normal. <laughs> oh, it was totally, this oh. thing happened with like my women's health exam. And then I was like, I, I think I failed that. And then I ended up getting like in the top 10 or 25. It was something like I did really well on it, but I totally thought I failed it. (laughs) It's so odd that our brains do that, that we all, we remember all of the negative questions and Mm -hmm. and then we, we forget how many good ones there were. Yeah. (laughs) And then we just kind of wrap around that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's life, right? Mm -hmm. That's why people always say to like, keep a gratitude journal at night so that Mm -hmm. you remember the good things that happen to you every day and you don't get wrapped up in the negative because I think that's, like you said, it's kind of where our brains tend to go is to, is to those, we remember those negative aspects before you'll remember the positive ones. It is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with patients. Like who do you go home and think about the one patient that didn't get better, not the six that you made, Mm -hmm. you like changed their lives, you know? So true. But totally. And now, Shannon, speaking of changing lives, <laughs> let's, go, let's go to you. Um, so going from January till now, what, what's been going on? What were your highs and lows? And just so everyone knows, if, I mean, they can go on the website, but you're a business owner. You're mm-hmm. in Bozeman, Montana. Um, so, and one of the only women health specialists in the state of Montana. I'm the only, I'm the only one that's taking the board exam. Um, there's a couple women in Montana who have done the Herman and Wallace pelvic floor, which are, which, and they're super highly trained. Um, and there's other people in Bozeman that are women's health physical therapists, but I'm the only one that's taken the plunge to take the board. Yeah. Awesome. All right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so 2018. So I, I know I was thinking about this question. Um, so I've been in my own practice for, a little over two years. Um, and so I was thinking, I'm like, where was I in January? And so since I take insurance, January is always like dead pretty much, but December is always nuts. Um, and so, but I was like, I think I was still building my business. Like last January, I didn't really like have a full schedule. I had been in business for a little over a year. Um, my name, I, I changed my last name when I left my um, old clinic just kind of to make a clean break with insurance and everything. And so I was still trying to get like name recognition and I do women's health. So getting into like the perinatal community in Montana. Um, and so this year I'm finally like, like doctors know who I am and patients come and they're like, I got referred by your like so-and-so they said, you're awesome. And so I'm 
getting like all of these women, especially postpartum women, that's generally who I see, um, who are like, hey, so-and-so like saw you, you changed their lives and I'm here. And so I would say like probably well over 50%, if not 80% of my patients are direct access word of mouth. And I'm just like, oh, this is so nice because I don't have to like network anymore. I don't have to like spend my nights at like local networking events and which I was doing just to get some name recognition. And now I feel like I can, I don't want to like totally rely on word of mouth. I still think I need to get out into the community, but it's really nice just to like check my phone. I I do online scheduling and be like, someone's requesting an appointment and another person's requesting an appointment and know that like the patients are coming without me having to like really go out and spend a lot of time, which, and I think that doing that really helped me now. I think I had to do that, but now it's nice. We're like, it's almost like an exponential growth because moms tend to talk, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. And so the word of mouth has gotten really great for me. That's awesome. And, you know, I think you bring up a really good point in that you were in business for a year and you're, you're, you had a, a patient flow, but it wasn't like you were overwhelmed and, and, you know, you didn't have this full, full schedule. And I think for people starting out in business, that is so important to realize that you don't start your business and in two months, it's, it's rare. It could happen, mm-hmm. but you're not usually on a full schedule within a month or two. No. And I think what was really important was like the time that I wasn't seeing patients, like I took that time to either like have lunch with somebody, like have lunch with a prenatal yoga instructor or like have lunch with, you know, really anybody, a doula, a midwife, like whatever. And so I really like had a lot of lunches and coffees just to like meet people. So when I wasn't seeing patients, I was trying to meet people in the community. And I feel like those like one-on-one rather than like the big networking events were really important. And I sent like, it was great for me too, because like, I want to know who to send to for prenatal and postnatal yoga. And I want to know who the good doulas are and who the good midwives and OBs are because I send people their way and who the good like trainers are that understand pregnancy and postpartum. Because I'm not a trainer. Like I get people to not pee their pants so they can go to the gym and see the trainer. Right. 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 So. That could be your slogan. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and you know something? That would work. Because well, that's what would work. want. Yeah, it was funny because um Shayla, uh, the one that I did the podcast on with the hats, she wanted I um got a bunch of my hats embroidered and she wanted me to put on the back leak free thanks to my PT. <laughs> And I was like, that's okay. awesome. You know, I don't know if people will wear that, but that's a really good slogan. That's great. I that's mean, why you're really good at what you do. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, that's great because what do people want? They don't, like you said, like I get them to not pee their pants so they can do other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's that simple. It's that you simple. Have, yeah. You don't have to overcomplicate things. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I love that you're still kind of doing business. I call it like business generating activities. So you're not mm-hmm. getting paid for it, but it's business generating activity. So it's still like a money making activity. And you're right. The bigger, like Lex said, the bigger network you have, whether that be virtual, in your case, because your business is in Bozeman, 
the bigger network you have in Bozeman, the more people are going to come your way. And so you did all of that work and now you're really starting to see the benefits of it. And it's really exciting. Yeah. And it's also good that you know the cycles of your business. So you know December is going to be really busy. January, not so much. You can be like, okay, so January, I'm going to set aside this time to do X, Y, and Z for my business. And if you know that those are the ebbs and flows, because every business has an ebb and flow, Mm -hmm. um, then you know you can rely on that. And like I remember, for me, my downtime is now. Mm -hmm. Around Christmas, New Year's, not a lot of people around. So it, that this would be the time where I would take a vacation or I would work on business plans for next year or I would, you know, just get things together, so to, so to speak. So I think it's great that you brought up all those points. And Shannon, what would you tell a new business owner, whether regardless of what kind of PT business you have, whether it's a cash-based business or insurance or a hybrid, what, did, what have you learned that you're like, oh man, I, I would tell everyone this? Yeah, I've learned that if you're good at what you do and you get patients better, they will tell other people. And so if you, I, I don't want to say think of every patient as a referral source, because that sounds like you're, you know, it sounds like you're categorizing them, but think of every patient as like, this person is very important. It's very important for me to get them better because that's what I do and what I'm good at. But it's also very important for my business because if you get them better and you treat them well with respect and you do everything, they're going to tell other people, especially in a small town. And so like, I am very like, sometimes I come home and like, after seeing like, I see patients for an hour. So like I see like seven patients and that's a big day for me. Um, and I am just like, like compassion fatigue is like full on set in because like, I'm so engaged for that period of time. And with my population, it's really important because it's really important for, they just need someone to listen to them. Um, but if you think of every patient that way, it, it pays back. And every word that you use with the patient is very important um, because they come from like sometimes doctors that say things that I wouldn't necessarily say to a patient and they come in with, you know, thought viruses <laughs> Thank you, Laura Mosley. And, um, you know, just talking to them, but being really compassionate with all your patients, like just really in the end. And sometimes it's hard at like four o'clock at the end of the day, but it's really important. Yeah. And I, I always think of your patients instead of, like you said, referral source, because that is a little... That's, I don't know how to, like, how would you, how do you describe that? I describe them as ambassadors. That's a good one. Yes. Entrepreneur, yeah, ambassadors. Yes. So they become ambassadors for, for my practice. Yeah. And, and that's the way that I, I don't treat them as a referral source. Yeah. I treat them as an ambassador. So someone who chose because of the care you gave to them, mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, I would love for you to see this friend of mine or my daughter or my cousin or my, you know, XYZ person, my coworker, because like you said, you're listening to them, you're treating them with respect and kindness and compassion. And so to reduce that to a referral source is, I don't know. I agree with you. I, I like to use ambassador. 
because that's such a good word. They're choosing <laughs> to do that. They want to be part of of what you're doing instead right. of you pulling them in and saying, "Hey, I'll give you a free X Y Z if you refer me to five of your friends." It's like oh. right. Um, but because they're choosing to represent you. And they're so excited to tell people like, that's what is so awesome about what I do is like, like I'll see people and be like, thank you so much for referring your friend. They're like, oh my gosh, I am telling everybody because like, we don't have to pee our pants anymore and we don't have to have painful sex anymore. And this is just so great. And I'm like, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And Lex, you'll, you'll get more of that as you, yes, you will. <laughs> as yeah. you practice more, you know, you'll yeah. get people coming to the clinic you're in specifically to see you, which you might've mm-hmm. already gotten so far because yeah. you're in this small town, right? Yeah. It's, I, I actually wanted to say that because you used a word, Shannon, you said, or a, a phrase, mm-hmm. compassion fatigue. And I find that as a new grad, I'm, I'm learning how, cause that's, that's me every day yeah. because I do that. And you know, my patients come in and, uh, on the Island, we don't, there's not a lot of doctors. There's, there's the practitioners here, you know, they have to go down to Washington to see a specialist. So oftentimes people will come in with, you know, a lot of comorbid conditions and we have to, we have to sift through all of that and make sure they've seen the correct people. So I, there's nothing I love more than getting on the phone with four doctors for one patient. So, yeah. and I've found that like, that's caring about them. And I'm like, Hey, look, I'm going to reach out to your doctor. And they love that. And, but I do find at the end of the day that I'm, I'm exhausted. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to find that balance where I'm giving, 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 but also t- saving a little bit for myself at the end of the day. But yeah, I, I've, there's been patients that are like that, Karen. They just, they're like, oh, I've told my friend. And then that friend comes in and then they come see me. And it's just like, this is amazing. And that's why I could see why having your own business, why that's so important. Yeah. Because that word of mouth aspect, you really can't replace that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think most PTs have that kind of compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one thing that has helped me is I remember it was at, Oh, I don't know. It might have been Jason Silvernails, might have mentioned it on Twitter. I'm not 100% sure. But I remember some, I think it was him, saying that the thing that helped him the most, and he's in the army, um, the thing that helped him the most is is finally realizing that someone, he is not responsible for a patient's outcome, that the patient's responsible for their outcome. So if you, and, and that's hard because you're investing your time and your, your compassion and your emotions into this patient and your skills. Um, but once I realized, once I was able to kind of separate myself from like, I am not the fixer, I'm there to guide and to coach and, and to diagnose and treat, but not to fix and can separate the fact that I'm not responsible for this person's outcomes, that they're the person needs to embody that, um, then it, the compassion fatigue is less. It's still there because we're all humans, mm-hmm. um, but it's much, much less. And, and when you instill that into your patients, it's really fun. Like I had a patient who had chronic neck pain for five plus years and came in and he had stopped running, working out, doing this, doing, going to CrossFit, doing everything. And I said, well, why? why? Why do you think that is? And I understand I was the same way. And so we got him back to doing things. And, and I, I would see him once a week, once every other week, now just once a month. And he's like, yeah, so I had like a week. I was like, I really didn't have any pain. He's like, and you know, it's because 
He's like, I work out like almost every day now. He's like, so you're here, but it's not like what you're doing to me. He's like, I'm working out and that's what's making me feel better. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And he was like, once you gave me permission to work out again, I was like, yeah, I can do this. And I was like, exactly. I was like, you got like, that's exactly what you hope to hear is like, it, yeah, got it. It clicked, and you can tell yeah. it like clicked for him at some point that week. That like, <laughs> oh, I'm helping myself get better. Oh, yeah. I see how it works. Got it. Yeah, and that's I think really like it's hard. Like I try really hard not to make my patients dependent on me. Like I try really hard. I was like, my job is to empower you to get yourself better. Like I give you the tools to get yourself better. And I don't tend to do a lot of like, if, if someone's in like acute pain, like I'll do some manual therapy, but I don't tend to do a lot of manual therapy because I, I can see like sometimes they'll become dependent. And my job is to be like, no, you can do this. Like you, you can do this. It's all you. Yeah. And all the research that like Lex, I feel like, and I don't know, um, <laughs> Shannon, you could probably agree with me here, but I feel like, Lex and, and like you guys and your new grads, like you guys are starting out on like second base. I feel yeah. like I start out, I'd even start out in the dugout. Like when I started, I feel like I started out in like the showers. Like I didn't even get to the dugout yet, you know, with, with all of this sort of patient forward and, and patient focused mm-hmm. care and, and yeah. you know, the, the science behind pain and all this stuff that's this new research that has come out in the last 10 to 15 years. I feel like as a physical therapist, it really gives us a head start if you're keeping up with it. So oh, yeah. I feel like yeah. you're light years ahead of, of where I was. And I would say a lot of it too is, is because of people that share things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, even at, like on social media, you see something and someone shares, whether it's a, a snippet of an article or something, you're like, where did they see that? And then you go read that and you're like, oh, wow, that was awesome. So, you know, people post the books that Norma Mosley's books and, you know, you see those posted. And you're like, oh, I should read that. And you read it and you just gain all this knowledge. And like I said, I feel like it's a lot of it is dependent on people that share things. So, you know, all the podcasts that are out, especially, I mean, especially yours, Karen, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I say, I look at all yours and I'm like, oh my God, that's so amazing. So yeah, I feel like we do have an advantage, I would say, especially with the pain science literature yeah. and the new yeah. curriculums. Like that's, <laughs> that, that like just the education piece that I give for pain People just are like, oh, okay. And then it's, it's like immediate buy-in and it's so easy to just get people to, like you said, get ready to help themselves and mm-hmm. just not, yeah, it's, we're very ahead of the pain science literature. Available yeah. yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I look back and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> Boy, okay, I'm grateful. I'm so I, grateful. I could have done better with these people. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I graduated in 2011 and there was nothing. Really? Like, oh yeah. I mean, well, in, in my PT education, there oh, was, yeah. um, and then, I mean, I started learning some stuff after that, but there was nothing in my PT education about pain sciences. Yeah. And that was like, so I would have had like didactic until about 2010 mm-hmm. early, you know, so I know it's so wild. it was like 10 years ago, I guess. <laughs> I know. And like David Butler first published on sort of pain science stuff in 1996. Wow. 
That's like I looked up, it was 96 or 97. And so, you know, we have, they say research to practice takes like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, but it's, just, it's, it's amazing. It's, wow. it's astounding to me. And uh, I, I just, I find that if you stay engaged as a newer grad, um, that you really do have such an advantage, um, an advantage with your patients. And, and I hope that people really know that and can appreciate that the new newer ish grads can really appreciate how lucky they are coming up in as as far as uh information the information pipeline is so much easier now i won't even tell you like i had to do the dewey decimal system i'm so old (laughs) oh i did i the other we were cleaning my house and i had all of my pt books and like my husband so he works for the u.s geological survey and he has a PhD and I had all my PhD books and he's like, what are you doing with these? I was like, he's like, have you looked at these in 10 years? And I was like, no. And he's like, everything's online now, Shannon, you can get rid of these. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. We have physiopedia and like everything. <laughs> I know. I, I got rid of my, mine a, a couple of years ago. I'm like, what am I doing? And I even have like all these journals, like physical journals in my apartment. Right. I, I have I have limited space here in New York. I'm like yeah. I got to get rid of these journals. They're taking yeah. up too much space. So, so I get JOSPT in the mail, and I'm like, I'll just look at it online. So I just put yeah. it on my coffee table, and there it sits. It's literally it's sitting over there. I yeah. know. I told them to stop sending that to me because I get it all <laughs> online. Um, all right. So let's talk about what's coming up in 2020. So what are you looking forward to? Do you have any goals or expectations or plans? Whether Lex, I'm assuming you're going to get married. Yeah, so I am. What else? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we we finally set a date. It's the wedding has been interesting. Um, so I didn't really want a wedding just because it is it's overwhelming. It's a lot of stuff to plan. Uh, but then you know, family, they're like, oh well, you're the only girl. You really should do it. So we set a date for October 17th of next year. So we're going to get married in New York. Um, I, I've done minimal stuff. I've gotten the venue, uh, really making very slow progress. But um, so working on that. And then, you know, I, for 2020, uh, you know, I, I'm really looking at bringing, I, I just applied for a trade name for my business so I could take my name off it and just make it a new name. So I'm really excited to launch that eventually once I get that uh, all set in stone. Mm-hmm. And really trying to bump that side gig up just because I, I I have found the value in the last couple months of doing things you like to do more often. So Kyle and I were actually talking the other day and you know we're seeing the value of providers that have their cash-based or insurance-based businesses in these small towns in their hometown. And we're seeing the value here, like you get to know people, you get to know doctors. And so the travel, I love travel PT. I do, but I'm very far from home. So I'm hoping I get closer back to home. And we kind of want to land in a spot where we can kind of start our own thing, just because we're the we want it. We we're those people. Like we care. We want to reach out to people. People know us back home, and we we really want to just start our own thing. So we're trying to get back toward home and try to do that. Just because I see people, you know as they have their own business, they, they make so many decisions that they get to see patients when they want to see for how long they want to see them. And sometimes, you know, I'm very jealous of that right now. You know, there are patients that I'd love to spend an hour and a half with and I just can't. And, um, 
So I think that's, that's a major goal right now is just to get to that spot. And I understand as a new grad, it's very hard. I mean, I don't, and Julie did it. So I should probably reach out to her because, you know, I, that's, everyone says like, it's really hard to do a a business on your own as a new grad. And, um, I just, I should reach out to her because that's what we want to do. And, you know, we, we understand that it'll probably be hard, especially with student loans and whatnot, but at the same rate, like we're trying to, to, to define, you know, what's your happiness worth. And we just kind of find that right now, um, the, the quality of care that we want to provide is sometimes limited. Mm-hmm. by, you know, whether it's because of insurance, um, just, you know, we, have, we treat a lot of dancers and, you know, we're finding it hard to justify their care, even though they need it with insurance and people can't afford to do what X, Y, and Z out of pocket. So we're trying to find, navigate all of that. So I don't know, trying to, that's a goal just to get to a place where we can build our own, you know, set of patients and yeah. Awesome. And you're, where you're in upstate New York, is that where you're? That's where I'm originally from, yeah. but we're probably going to end up back in New Hampshire. Nice. Uh, yeah, we both really love it there, and I don't think my parents will be in New York forever, so mm-hmm. I think we're just going to go back to New Hampshire area, so we're close to Boston. And Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great goal, and you should definitely talk to Julie <laughs> um, about that. And, and the good thing yeah. is, is you, you have each other to give each other support. You and Kyle yeah. have each other, so you, can, you have that support from each other, and I think being able to do that with uh, the two of you, I think would be really exciting. Yeah. And and if you build up your side gig, then you can slowly build up your practice. You know, you just have to know where you have those income streams coming from. But I think that's a cool. I'll say after reading Danny Matei's book, it kind of gave us both a little hope. Um, Just that you can do it. It's just, you have to decide if you're going to sink the, burn the ship or do it as a side gig for a little bit. And, um, I think we're more or less thinking side gig for a little bit, even if it's just something, something to let us treat, you know, the high level athletes that we can't justify insurance based for, um, mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You should talk to Julie. Cause that's what she's doing. She's sort of building it up slowly. It's she, we talked about it on the, for, for this podcast. So perfect. Um, and how about you, Shannon, what's coming up for 2020? For 2020, um, I was thinking about this. I'm like, what are my goals? Um, so business is really good, which is awesome. Um, I think one of my goals I need to try. So I, I really don't want to hire anybody. I do all my own billing, all my own scheduling. I see my patients. Um, I need to try to figure out time management a little more. Um, because like, I'll be in, like I take Fridays off and um, I'm with my daughter and sometimes my son has off kindergarten on Fridays and I'll be like in the Target parking lot. And now they know when I stop the car and I like sit in the parking lot space, I'm like checking my email. They're like, mommy, don't check your email. We need to go into the store. And I'm like, like accepting patient appointments or just like, you know, so I'm, I need to try to figure out how to do that because I want to do everything for myself. And so it may just be like saying, no, it may just be having a wait list and, um, trying to figure out like the feast or famine of owning your own business. Like these ebbs and flows were like, this month is like just absolutely nuts. Like I had five people call me in the last week trying to get in before their deductible resets. And so like, I have like, I'm taking next week off and I'm not seeing anybody but like the 30th and the 31st, I think I'm like seven patients a day or something like that. Like, 
31st, I have patients till like 5.30 on New Year's Eve because like, they're like, oh, please. And I'm like, okay, okay. You know, and because I know January is going to be really slow. Um, yeah, and so it's, it. it's really hard. Um, like I'm staying up till 11 o'clock at night to finish my notes. Um, and so I think either I just have to accept that that's the way it's going to be or do a little bit more time management. Um, or even sounds like maybe just setting your boundaries, yes. setting your boundaries for yourself and something that you're comfortable with. Exactly. Um, I think that that is something I will say that really helped me mm-hmm. is saying, you know, listen, uh, the last patient I'm going to see at night is seven o'clock at night. Like I'm not yeah. going to go later than that. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm going to take at least one day off. Yeah. It may not be, may not be a Saturday or Sunday, but I'm going to take one day off during the week. And this past year, what I've done is I'm going to take five hours or four hour chunk of time and have that just dealing with business kind of stuff, you know, not teaching care. So I think if you look at your schedule and kind of set your boundaries, Mm -hmm. then I think you'll find that your time management just flows within that, or you can get a virtual assistant. I know I could do that. Yeah, it's funny because, like, for some reason, my boundaries with my- literally right here, right? I know. Hello, <laughs> hello. I'm here. I <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, maybe because you're like me, Shannon. I'm the same way. Like, I love to like keep everything close mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, but the moment you can like let just one little bit go, yeah, you'll be like, what the hell is I thinking? Why do you do this sooner? But you have to do it on your own timeline. And when you feel like you can, you can let go of that, of a little bit of control. Like I let go of like a smidge at a time. Yeah. And then for me, it was easier then. It's really interesting because I think about, I'm like, okay, as a business owner, it is not worth my time to spend. Like I try to keep my Mondays as admin days. Like that is not worth my time to do. It's worth my time to pay someone to do the admin stuff but I keep holding it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, it, that, that's a good way to look at it. Like if you have it, whatever your fee is, let's say your fee is, uh, I, I don't know what it is. I'm going to make this up $200 an hour. Yeah. Right. Is the task you're doing as an admin, a $200 an hour task, mm-hmm. or is it a $25 an hour task, or maybe it's a $20 an hour task. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it that way, it's like, what, what am I, what am I doing? Like I could, pay someone to get, I could pay someone to do four hours of work and what I get paid in one hour. Do you know what I mean? So when you look at it that way, the financial offset makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. because your time is money. And like you said, that, that four hours could be an hour that you get to spend with your kids having lunch. Right. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be with your business, but or it could mean that's your time for, you can go to the gym or you can do X, Y, you can meet with a, a doctor or a doula or whatever. So, yeah. you know, like that is $200 an hour time spent when you're right. having lunch with like a possible referral source. Mm-hmm. Doing like weird admin stuff that you don't need to do is not $200 an hour work. Yeah, I know. That's what I did. And, and just really like looked at everything, wrote down everything I do and you can attach sort of a, a monetary value to it. And then once it's down on paper, you're like, Oh my God. What? <laughs> I know. I know. And I haven't like, it's interesting because I hadn't gotten to that point until this December 
because like I'm still growing. And so that's one of the things that I think I'm going to need to think about. Like, and I'm just going to see how like the ebbs and flows, like if it is still as nuts as it is right now, then like, yeah, I got, because the worst is, and honestly, like the billing's not that hard. It's verifying the insurance benefits because you don't need to do that. Yeah. It's all, I mean, and sometimes I can do it online and it's really easy. And then sometimes the online just tells me what their deductible is, not how much they've met. And so then I'm on hold with Blue Cross Blue Shield for like an hour while I'm trying to do other notes. And so, yeah. oh, no, 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 yeah, no. <laughs> and, and what you'll find is like, you will grow, maybe not exponentially, but you will grow bringing a help on, you know, I, yeah. I did an interview with this woman, Stephanie Nikolich. She's like a high performance coach and mm-hmm. she said, you know, trying to do it all keeps you small. Yeah. And, and it's, it's true, but you have to feel ready for it. So it's in, in your time and you'll know. Yeah, I think I'll know. And the other thing is, is like, like one day, the other Monday, I just like sat in front of my computer and I did my QuickBooks and I did my billing and I came home and I was like, I don't even feel like I've worked today because like I hadn't seen patients, I hadn't had that compassion fatigue. Yeah. So some of it's like, can I actually handle that many patients? You know, mm-hmm. can I give good care yeah. while increasing my caseload? Yeah. And these, these are, these are the growing pains that you have to deal with. And it's a, it's a good growing pain. It's a good growing pain. Yes. So hopefully you'll continue with those growing pains and you'll figure it out in 2020. I think you will. Thank you. I think you will. I don't know. Um, but, uh, again, I just, uh, want to thank you guys because like I said, if you do it all, it'll keep you small. There's no way I could do everything that is required of this podcast. And uh, to to keep it of good quality and to have good guests and good interviews and good graphics and good everything and make make the guests feel like we're on their side, you know, and that they're putting their best foot forward on the podcast. And I think that's what the both of you and Julie and Jenna do is is it creates a good um, experience, really positive experience for the people who are on it. Like Shannon, we were saying like people bought those hats and, and apparel and which I think is amazing. Um, but you just never know how far the podcast is going to go. And, you know, yesterday I was with some friends and we were talking about the podcast and they said, well, what's it on? And, you know, it's on Spotify and it's on uh, well, iTunes is no longer a thing. So now it's just Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I looked up under medicine and it's like 52 out of all podcasts. So congratulations. That's, amazing. That's awesome. You that know, so for awesome. this fully female run podcast, that Ooh. is uh, pretty good, I think. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was really cool to see. One of my... Um, uh, one, another PT in Bozeman, I, he like just moved to Bozeman a couple years ago and he referred a patient to me and this was about a year ago and I called him and he was like, yeah, um, I was like listening to healthy, wealthy, smart and you were on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's in Bozeman. And I was like, wait, wait, (laughs) you were like randomly listening to the podcast. And then you were like happy that it wasn't because I was in Bozeman. You were listening to it. He's like, no. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. It was a great moment. Yeah. And that's, that you never know who's out there listening and you never know where, uh, 
again, the podcast becomes a, a referral generator. This we can call a referral generator. Okay. <laughs> this we could say generates referrals, but it does. And you never know who's listening and where it's going to kind of take you. So I think that's so good to hear. Um, and like I was talking with a coach that I had on a couple of years ago and she's like, oh yeah, I got two clients from you. And she referred one of her clients to be on my podcast, the one who was talking about poop, like what you should be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And she ended up getting like three clients from being a guest. Whoa. All right. So I was like, oh, that makes me feel so good. Yeah. That that's the case. So, mm-hmm. you know, keep, keep up the hard work and, and you know how much that I am thankful and appreciate it and wish both of you a very happy 2020 new decade. So thanks again so much. Thank, thank you. you. And everyone out there listening, thank you so much for listening all year. And um, we all wish you a very happy new year. And hopefully you stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. And again, a big thanks to Jenna, Julie, Shannon, and Lex for all of their work all year. And of course, a big thanks to Net Health. This episode is brought to you by Optima Net Health Company. Optima Therapy for Outpatient is a software solution enabling, enabling therapists and staff to do their jobs efficiently and accurately. Their software provides anytime, anywhere access to documentation, even while disconnected, and workflows that streamline patient care and save valuable time. Check out their new on-demand video to learn what's in store for outpatient therapy in 2020, you can go to go.optimahcs.com slash healthy wealthy 2020. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media. 